Hello, welcome to episode three of Dad's Static. Today's episode is called Where's the Line? Well, I guess we'll uh, move on to another episode. Welcome to Dad's Static. This is uh, Tim, uh, a dad, and trying to create some static. Uh, make some noise or, you know, really kind of bring you into, uh, <laughs> let you in on the journey that I guess I've had over the last year or so, year and a half, um, about thinking the world was probably okay in a lot of ways, or at least it was in America in some ways. But now it seems like um, my eyes have been opened to the corruption and the sheer insanity of our country and our leadership uh, pretty much across the board. Uh, as I sit here listening to Christmas music, I'm in Atlanta. Uh, they got like a commercial-free um, Christmas station here. This is uh, right after Thanksgiving. This is November the 30th. I'm sorry, November 29th. And um, I tell you, this they're starting to weasel in some newer Christmas stuff, and I don't, I don't like it. I don't need, I don't need John Legend and. Justin Bieber and some other clown uh, singing me some stuff that Dean Martin did way better. Or Burl Ives broke it down on the way Burl Ives could have done. Nobody else could sing Holly Jolly Christmas or Brenda Lee. Do we, do we need six covers of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree? I don't, I really don't think so. So I'm about tired of that. Maybe I'm just getting old, and cranky probably true give me the old Christmas stuff that's what I need back when I was a kid but anyway uh, yeah dad's static here we go um, just was really I, this kind of came up the other day when I was talking to an old friend uh, great great guy great family he actually works for a uh, very large company uh, I think they're mainly just in the southeast but um, it made me think about the fear factor or maybe the intimidation that's coming from big corporations down to their employees. And I felt it a tiny bit at my store, started to. I know it's there. We're a big corporation as well where I work. But um, I found it, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit more when I was listening to him. Because we were talking, we agreed on a lot of the same things about the collusion that's going on out there. Uh, our American families are just disintegrating uh, pretty much on purpose, it seems like, from the left. Um, um, it, it really is amazing. But we agreed on all the things that Big Pharma has too much control now. Um, what's up is down. What's down is up. And everything that's just so, just so just criminal now that's going on in our country. Um you know, the way big pharma and big tech censors everything and the legislators left and right are all being purchased and bought and controlled by big pharma and big tech, um, FDA, CDC. I mean, they're making decisions that are not based on any kind of data at all. Uh, forcing mandates, forcing vaccinations, um, just huge swaths. Everybody's got to get it. Well, you know, kids and people under 30 aren't really at risk at all so there's no reason to but they do it anyway knowing there's still major side effects 
but they do it anyway. So there's no logic going into this. The only thing you can really deduce from it is, are they just, A, trying to kill people, or are they just being forced by Big Pharma because they're going to get paid? I don't know. I don't understand it. But I know there's something a little sinister going on. But back to the conversation I had with an old friend. Um, he had mentioned something to me um, uh, about his, um, I guess, someone up, up high. It could have been the CEO, I guess, of the company. I guess after the George Floyd riots, uh, when they were going on uh, up in Minnesota or Wisconsin, wherever that was, uh, somewhere in that, up in that area, and, and once again, no one's no one's arguing that uh, Derek Chauvin, what he did was wrong. The way he handled business, certainly on the videotape that we all saw, um, and how that went down. Uh, no one's arguing that that anything about that, about that was correct at all. Um, I think the point was being made by his um, CEO was uh, the riots and the looting that went on afterwards in his opinion, were justified. Um, and, I, and I can see where people have been upset. I get, I know uh, things get stirred up, and I think much of that was stirred up on purpose by much of the media and some um, other groups that weren't in it to try to um, shape the legacy of George Floyd. They were in it to make money. And I think most of us know that, uh, that looked into it. What really threw me off was, was he said that his his CEO of his company, uh, while this was going on, pretty much told him, like, um, you know, if you don't agree with the fact that, um, you know, there's major racism in America, cops tried to hurt African-Americans, if you don't agree with that, that narrative of... As a white person, you're inherently racist no matter what. Essentially, that CEO was caving in to the culture of the narrative that was coming down from the media and telling them, if you don't want to go along with that, you might need to find another place to work. So I think what he meant was, is our company, along with other major corporations in this country, we're going to go down this path to saying that we need to work on your awareness of being white, that you have a privilege, you have white privilege. And that's always kind of thrown me for a loop because I don't understand what that means exactly. Um, I know, and I know our narrative from the media pretty much stamps it out there 100% of the time, is that we're, everyone's racist, all white people are racist, they've been given everything, um, I don't quite understand that because I just know I've been around for 50 years now that I don't think, but I know our country is the least racist, racist it has ever been. But a great way to divide our country, divide and conquer, especially by the media, big tech, legislators, keep people at each other's throats, uh, get people angry, keep people angry at each other, is to keep force-feeding or spoon-feeding uh, all the main media and mainstream media, uh, but this that this is the truth, and I don't think it's any question that uh, African Americans have greater opportunities now than they've ever had. 
I mean, I think we can all look out there. Anybody that's put their mind to anything is pretty much had success at it. That doesn't mean there aren't some um, racist people out there. We all know that there are. There's always going to be that. No matter where you go, what country you're in, skin color, doesn't matter. There's always going to be some people that are, are going to be that way. They're going to be hateful. It's a fallen world. It's going to be that way. Um, but what he was saying was that CEO pretty much told him, like, you're going to have to get on board with this this narrative or maybe you need to find somewhere else to work so to me that was kind of the early stages of the intimidation of the corporations which were in turn falling in line with the mainstream media the mainstream narrative Um, because if you don't get in line with us we're going to ruin your company we're going to defame your company and I think that's what's happened and so and then fast forward a little bit into the pandemic, I'm going to say the orchestrated pandemic, uh, in a lot of ways, um, at least it seems that way to me now, that this intimidation or this fear that corporations have put into their employees, essentially, not to stand up and have any kind of dissenting opinion. So now, you have people who are good people, and they're good, godly people, fair, loving to everybody, don't even think about race, are scared to death to share their opinion about anything. And I think a good example is um, this policeman, some of you guys have probably heard of him, there's a policeman in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, I think it was earlier this year, when Kyle Rittenhouse was arrested and put into jail, um, you know, it used to be that you were innocent until proven guilty. But this one police officer, it's the only one I know of that was, I guess, it was, you know, that was uh, revealed that he um, anonymously um, gave a $25 donation to, I guess it was to the defense or something like that of Kyle Rittenhouse, um, thinking that hey, maybe he was innocent, maybe he was defending himself. I'm not going to completely throw him under the bus. And he did it anonymously. Uh, didn't want to bring any attention to himself or the police force he worked at. Well, someone hacked into this funding uh, application that he um, gave this money to, revealed his name, he came out in the public. He eventually, within, within a week after it came out, maybe less, he was fired. Um, I mean, completely trumped up charges. I mean, trumped up reasons. They were, I mean, if you'll hear them, they're just insane. They make no sense. Um, at the same time, he never got, he, he, he tried to speak to the, uh, I guess the chief of police who never responded back to him, but the chief of police in full uniform was going to uh, rallies and BLM rallies, whatever it may be. But the whole idea was, why would you, he was fired because he actually, he supported something he believed he thought was right. Comes to find out, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse is exonerated, whether you believe it or not, the justice system, we have to have it work. If we don't have the justice system, trying to work in some way, then we have complete mob justice. And that's what the media wanted. They wanted mob justice for this particular situation. Well, he was completely brought out, embarrassed, told you can't have an opinion about something like this, even though all he did was like, keep your head up. I believe in you. You know, I I hope you're innocent. hope you, uh, you know, are found not guilty. And that's all he did. Well, he was fired because he had an opinion. It turns out he was right. The kid got off. Because the entire national media narrative and everything about it blasted this kid. Just said he was guilty all the way. And America cannot survive like that. Cannot do it. 
Well, they embarrassed this guy. Uh, thankfully, um, I know I found out last week, the Daily Wire went to bat for this guy, even though he'd been fired, had kids. They may have had one on the way, or at least had small kids. They went to bat and raised over $200,000 for him. Thank goodness. I mean, that is a communist move a guy I've never seen. Or you're going to a guy that's going to speak out in something he believes in. If we can't have free speech, that's killing free speech. That is destroying free speech. You don't have to agree with it. And maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't agree with it. Maybe I'm not going to give to it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You should be able to do what you want to do. This is America. You don't have to agree with it. But just because you do something and, and people want to expose you and throw it out there, mob justice cannot come down and destroy your life. And that's what our country has turned into now. We're getting this. We're having this now. Um, but that particular situation and what that CEO said um, to his employees at this large company that my friend works at, it's becoming all too commonplace. Big corporations are becoming social justice monsters and monitors. If you say anything that doesn't go along with the national narrative is, because the here's what happens. These big corporations get tax breaks. They get bailouts. They get all kinds of stuff. So they're going to go along with what the government tells them to do. So if they got employees, maybe you're a conservative, maybe you're a, 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 a Christian, and there's something going on you don't agree with, you should have the ability to voice your opinion without being threatened to lose your job and your livelihood. Well, what's happening is now, because of all of the, these situations, there are people, many good, good people, that want to do the right thing, that don't agree with what these, these social justice monsters that these big corporations have become Walmart, Subway, Best Buy, Bank of America, all these big, they've all become these social justice warriors. I call them monsters and intimidators to the only employees. They have pretty much said, if you say anything, you dissent, you're going to lose your job. So there are thousands, millions, there are millions of Americans out now working for large corporations that disagree with what their corporations stand for and all of these terrible social justice reforms, all these unfair practices, these mandates that make no sense whatsoever. There are millions of Americans out there that don't agree, that work for these large companies, that are scared to death to say anything. And I know, I know plenty of them. They don't want to say anything. I know many that are two, three, sometimes less, two, three, four years, one year from retirement. But they won't say anything. I have heard one of them even say, like, hey, I feel bad. I feel sorry. I had I heard him say it to my face. He goes, I feel sorry for my grandchildren. They're gonna have a tough time. I'm like, because he was like one or two years from retirement. Like, you're scared for your grandchildren. Don't you think you should do something to protect your grandchildren? Stand up. I guess the real question is what line has to be crossed? For people who know, which is millions upon millions of people know this, know that what our government is doing, what these big corporations are doing, is all wrong. It's intimidating. It's threatening. And we stand by and do nothing about it? What line has to be crossed before people go, you know what? I'm not going to stand for this. You know what? I like my job. I'm ready for my retirement. But you know what? I'm stepping up. I'm stepping out. I'm standing up. So what's the line that has to be crossed? I mean, they're already trying to force mandate vaccines that are totally unnecessary for children. And they're not going to stop until people stand up and put their foot down. It's going to have to be the people. 
It's not going to be legislators. It's not going to be like the governors. It's not going to be your president. It's not going to be your corporate CEO. None of them are going to do it. They're not going to do it because there's too much money involved and it's all about profits. They will not do it. You have to stand up. You have to stand up. The public health, the disaster that public health has been since it mandates or the, uh, co- uh, the pandemic started and the lockdowns that went on for so long, the public health disaster that our supposed medical experts spun out of control. I'm not talking about getting the virus and getting sick. That was way less lethal than what they really did, which they caused isolation that led to high rates of suicide, domestic abuse, spousal abuse, um, child abuse, sexual assault. And you know who got hurt the worst? Lower income. People were forced to be at home, got out of their jobs for small companies. They lost their jobs. They stayed home more. They were losing money. Suicide rate went up. All these other things happened. How about drug abuse went through the roof? Murders. Serious crimes all went through the roof. Nobody in our government, and I mean many Republicans, don't say a word about any of it. You know why? Because they're gobbling up money. And it doesn't affect the elite. It doesn't affect the elite. It really affects the lower, lower income, lower middle class. That's who it affects. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. These, these, this isolation and the way this thing has been handled this past year, year and a half, is going to have repercussions for two and three and four decades to come. Absolutely. And they do not care. So I don't know what line you think you need uh, for the government to cross before you decide to do something and stand up. You work for a big company or you work for Delta. You work for Southwest. You work for Coca-Cola. You're just going to keep going and rolling along and, okay, that's right. They told me it's going to be over now and it's going to be over now. Oh, well, another variant's out. Let me get my T-shirt out. Let me get my, I love, uh, what's the new variant? I love um, uh, it Omicron or whatever. Um, yeah, whatever the new uh, Greek alphabet uh, variant that comes out, that they have no proof that how serious it is or not because they don't even know. They can't even tell what the variant is. They can't test for it. Or at least they, or they, well, they'll say they can. It doesn't matter. They'll make it up and they'll put it all over the media, media, all over your phone, all, all over the local. The local news is owned by large companies too. So your local news. They get on there like, they literally, your local news are here, guaranteed, dependable. No, they're lying to you. Every one of them. Every single one of them. They're lying to you. They're forced to do this. And so few people step up and stand up. It is just unbelievable the world that we're living in right now. And so many people are just blind to it. Or if they know, they, they know it, they won't say anything. They won't do a thing about it. Because they're scared. They don't want to lose their jobs. And that is really sad. They're, they're willing to um, not stand up, give away their liberties, give away their freedoms, just to let literally a bunch of evil clowns dictate how you're going to live. If you're a real American, if you're anybody that's got any spine at all, at some point, you know, we're not guaranteed anything tomorrow. One day... You're gonna die. You're not taking your road. You're not taking your uh, fishing boat with you. Your bass boat. Your cool wrapped Jeep Wrangler. 
Rubicon. You're not taking that to heaven. We're not taking any of that with you. I know one thing I want to know when I when I hit my deathbed, I want to know that I fought for what I believed in. I fought for my kids. I fought for my grandchildren. I fought for the legacy that my parents made for me. I fought for the men and women who died for our country, for freedom and liberty. Right now, we got people that cave to liberty so that just because they're worried about, you know, someone calling them out at work for saying something that's not the same opinion as everyone else because those people have all been indoctrinated. And just so you know, while you're out there thinking that, well, it's going to be, it's going to be okay, um, as you look around, I remember when I was a kid, I'd get on in ninth grade, I'd get on the newspaper, uh, get on the school bus with a sports page. This is the mid 80s, and I'd read up on my Georgia Tech basketball team or the Falcons or the Braves uh, or whatever it was, or the Bulldogs, and and I would just read the paper. That was my form of knowing anything that was going on. I wouldn't watch in the regular news. If I did, I had to look at it with Walter Cronkite or whoever else it was in the 80s and the early 90s. Um, and I do feel like they probably were trying to say an unbiased form of what the news was, for the most part. Probably not perfect, but for the most part. Now, go somewhere and look around. Like where I work, I see a lot of customers sitting around. Go to the airport. Uh, go to just a big a big place where people are lounging around, sitting around. Watch out every single person. Oh, go to a restaurant. A sit-down restaurant. Watch out every single person is on their phone, for the most part, staring at it. Guess what these people have in their hands? They have tiny newspapers. That's really what they are. They're tiny newspapers. But the only problem is the newspapers are only coming from one opinion. They're only coming from one source. 98% of what they can see and see, when I was a kid, you had, I was in the 6th, 7th, 8th grade before I even paid attention to anything about the news. Guess who's getting news and uh, propaganda at 4 and 5 years old when they're holding a phone? Yeah, your little kids, your neighbor's kids. So they're starting way, way further ahead to propaganda, propagandize. Us, all of us as adults, your children, they're slamming it down their throats. All these different things are all right there. They're not going to stop until we, the people, stand up. And quit worrying about all your, your earthly treasures. Heck, I worry about it too. Stand up. This is more This is more than worrying about what you got. This is about what we have, our liberty, our freedoms, our future in this country. Right now, people need to stand up. Do not be intimidated. They want you to be scared. They know people don't agree with it, but they want you to be afraid to do anything about it. And that's our problem. Stand up. Share this with others. Say, hey, wake up. What's it going to take to wake you up? It took me about a year of getting peppered with some stuff before I finally woke up. I had a couple of friends and my wife was really coming after me telling me to look at some stuff and and I learned. I finally started listening to them. Stand up. God bless those people that helped me wake up. But what point are you going to wake up? It's going to be too far gone. It's going to be too far gone. If you keep waiting, God bless you guys and uh, talk to you soon. All right. Yeah. Thanks so much for uh, partaking of that episode. Uh, Maybe I got a little long winded, but I will say 
I feel pretty passionate about this. Um, I, uh, I am at a loss. I am stumped. I'm kerfungled of kerplunked of what to do. Because <clears throat> I think people are awake and they are slowly waking up. Uh, but people are still afraid. They're still intimidated um, to pretty much not do anything because they're scared for their jobs. They're scared about, you know, providing for their families. <clears throat> uh, but uh, footnotes here at the end. I had to listen back through this again because I talked a lot in this one. Um, as you probably realized, I was rambling on probably more than I should have. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Man. Um, but yes, footnote. Uh, let's talk about, um, I know one thing, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Uh, I forgot. Uh, some of you guys already know this, but the, <clears throat> the mainstream media had made him out to be a criminal the entire time uh, leading up to the trial. And people were shocked when they actually saw a real video that showed him actually being chased by these these thugs, these convicted felons. And if you didn't know this, many already did, but the, the three people he shot, two were killed. And it was proven that it wasn't self-defense. The video showed it. <clears throat> All three of them were felons. Two, uh, one of them was a pedophile. So it's, it's amazing how uh, many people on the left try to... Um, <clears throat> wanted to uh, call these guys out as heroes. And one I thought was really funny, I, it's just, I don't want to go too long here, but Mark Ruffalo, who plays, um, who I actually love him in the old movie with Jennifer Garner, 13 going on 30, one of my favorite movies. <clears throat> my wife and I both love that movie. But he plays the Hulk. So he is with Disney. And he went, is so much to say, to say that these guys were heroes, the ones that he shot, convicted felons, one had to be a pedophile, pedophile and many other terrible things. <clears throat> they were chasing this, at the time, Kyle Rittenhouse was 17 years old. They were chasing him down in the streets, beating him with a skateboard, uh, wanting to kill him, and he stood up for himself. But the media made it seem like he was the bad guy. Thank goodness for a good judge and a jury that actually acted upon what the truth was. <clears throat> so um, kudos to you, Mark Ruffalo, and uh, Disney for not saying anything about it after he said this uh, wacky stuff. You know, you, you got some clowns on the left that go along with the narrative. Uh, they're, they're not brave about anything. They just go along with whatever the narrative allows them. <clears throat> Anybody else for Disney stands up uh, and says something that goes against that narrative, they'd be fired the next day. So uh, kudos to Disney and the uh, corporations that go along with the, uh, uh, the criminals that are out there. <clears throat> um, intimidation. Um, you know, one thing I, I've always kind of talked about is not apologizing. Uh, one thing I used to work for Chick-fil-A years ago, a very good company. I worked when the, uh, the founder was still living and I worked with him some, uh, Mr. Truett Cathy, um, honorable guy really was always very kind to me. Um, of course not perfect, but I always thought he was a good godly man, Christian man and tried to do the right thing. Well, after his passing Chick-fil-A. Uh, you know, I think on one occasion the CEO stood, said that, you know, Chick-fil-A stands for um, what the Bible says, which is traditional marriage. And that's how I feel. Uh, it doesn't mean if, if you don't believe in it, I'm going to not be your friend and not love you, but I don't agree with it. <clears throat> well, at one point, um, when the CEO at the time said how he supported traditional marriage, he came under a lot of fire from the media. And this is before it had gotten really, really ugly in the media. And um, he eventually just apologized. 
He apologized. You know, Chick-fil-A quit giving money. <clears throat> I know one thing was Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I believe they stopped giving money to them and several other Christian organizations that believed in traditional marriage. Uh, they backed off and quit giving money to them to appease the left and the radical left narrative. And you know still today, even though they apologize for their shortcomings <clears throat> and all this crazy stuff with the culture war, but you, you know that they still get bombarded whenever they're trying to open up a new uh, Chick-fil-A, say on a college campus or an airport, you know they still come under, come under attack. And many times they st they're not allowed to open a store up at that particular campus or on that, uh, at that airport, <clears throat> even though they apologized. Great example, not a good move. They decided they would apologize and I guess to stay out of hot water and just appease Hollywood, um, appease the left, and they still get ripped on. <clears throat> so probably not the way they should have done it. That's a good example right there. They should have stood by their guns. And, um, but they didn't. They weren't strong enough to do it. They chased the, uh, in my opinion, they chased the almighty dollar. And it took them a totally different direction from where uh, the founder and CEO had taken them um, since he started the company back in 1946. <clears throat> um, and uh, also it's going to go along with, I think, the intimidation factor. Uh, we, we've really got to get people to stand up. I really do think companies are going to get even harsher about this. Um, and once again, I said earlier, it was because of uh, tax breaks <clears throat> and bailouts and, and other things that they get. The government assists many big corporations with, so they have to go along with the federal government. And uh, they know this. So um, we have to start stepping up in mass, standing up in mass. they got to feel some pressure at some point from we the people, or they're not going to stop. They're going to keep going. Um, the elites, and I mean liberals, and I mean some many Republicans too, they're there for their own money. They're making their own money. We've got to figure out a way to have term limits. <clears throat> too many people, uh, legislators, people from Congress, congressmen and women, are getting paid so much by Big Pharma um, and so many other things that are out there. They're getting so many kickbacks, so many campaign donations. Um, we have to stop it. Because uh, at this point, it is, it is the corruption is to a level that we don't understand. I mean, from the very top down, um, we the, the corruption at the at the, the highest level is is beyond what I think any of us can understand. <clears throat> and just common people are getting their opinions. The free speech is gone. They're trying to crush it. So, I hope you take from this. It's time to stand up. At least find some people that are like-minded. Some other people that feel the same way. They don't don't may not agree with some of the narrative that's shoved down their throats. They don't agree with these mandate ideas. The fact that people should be forced to get vaccine, vaccinated, even though people who are fully vaccinated are still getting COVID. Uh, so we know that's all nonsense. So stand up, find other people that believe the way you do, and go for it. Uh, put up stickers. It's go to the gas pump. Go to your grocery store. Make stickers. Make signs that says do not comply. You name it, whatever it is. Pfizer controls you. Um, you Anything you want to do, do something to make a statement. We all have to do it. We have to do it. So get out there and share this with others. Wake up some people. Wake them up. Wake up those people who are just sitting there biding their time because they don't want to rock the boat because they're all going to go. They're going to come after you guys next just because you kind of ignore it and you kind of keep your keep things out of your boat. Oh, they're coming for yours next. 
you better stand up. You better stand up. God bless you. That was some long footnotes, but uh, I'll be back for more. Um, I don't think I could not share some more, uh, even though I've only got about four people listening to my podcast. But hopefully, it'll get to six or seven one day. I can only hope. God bless you guys, and have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye.